Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church, the 21st of June. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Got a little under two weeks till the 4th of July. Can't believe it. And this is, of course, Father's Day, isn't it? Happy Father's Day, you fathers out there. I hope you're having a good one. It's a nice warm one out there. But it's a great day to be alive on the Lord's Day June 21st of 2020. Man, time flies. We're going to start out here in Ezekiel 22. Going to read a verse and then have a word of prayer if you would. Ezekiel chapter 22, if you're following along in verse 30, and it says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will do what I cannot do and help us as we read your word to meet our needs today, Father. And we thank you for all that you've done for us in a beautiful week. And I pray, Lord, for those maybe who are having a harder time, I pray for them. And I pray, Lord, you just help our country and just help us today as we go through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to speak on today is, the subject is, God is looking for a few good men. Sounds like the Marine Corps, right? But I'm telling you, God is looking for a few good men. And as we see here in Ezekiel, <clears throat> there's some words that I found here that really struck a chord with me on this Father's Day. And today we're concentrating on that. It says, and I sought for... A man among them, they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God was looking for a man. At this point in time, God was about to correct Israel. He was going to use their enemies to correct them, not because he hated them, but because he loved them. He had to preserve them. There's other verses in there that says that... Um, their hearts were turned away from them. And back here in uh, Ezekiel chapter 14, it says, verse 3, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts. Their hearts have changed. They, they didn't start worshiping other idols just out of a whim. They did it because first their hearts were corrupted. And when God was looking for that man just to... to, to to um, prop that hedge up, to fill that gap. Well, let's read. There's a couple other verses with that particular phrase in it, and I think is important. Ezekiel 13, 3 through 5. It says, And thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit. Notice, not following God's spirit, their own. And have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like foxes in the deserts. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedges for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. What does this mean? Well, if you would, I know we're turning to a lot of verses already, just right off the bat, but let's look at one more verse. We're going to go back here to Job, set of verses rather. Job, and Job, and this is what came to mind when I read that particular set of verses. Back here in Job. Job chapter 1, 
Job chapter 1, and we're going to look around verse 8. Now God's having a conversation with Satan here. Isn't that something? And he's going to talk about this particular thing, these hedges that he's talking about. In verse 8 through 10 it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? A perfect man, that means he's mature, an upright man, and one that feareth God, and escheweth evil, he hates evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. It says here that God hath made the hedge up around Job. And it says, because he had blessed him. So apparently this hedge is a blessing that the Lord gave to Job because he was an upright and mature man. Think on that for a second while we go right back to where we were, if you would. Back here in Ezekiel, again in verse chapter 22. Let's reread that after we had just read this very important verse to kind of describe this hedge. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, we'll read it again. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. The blessing was not upon any man to stop this. Satan understood in the spiritual world that the blessing of living an upright life and a life for God was that God blessed Job and put a hedge around him, protecting him from a lot of these things. That was a blessing attached to that. Now we find in the book of Job that God says some different things for his own purposes. But as a normality here, when we live an upright life, there is a hedge around us, and it will not be let down unless God has a purpose for it. And God here... And this verse was looking for a man so that he might put a hedge up around Israel and protect it. Something to chew on, isn't it? Are you that man? Am I that man? I said in church this morning, maybe maybe we should have one of them sticky notes put on a mirror. When we get up in the morning before we shave and we look at that and it says, Am I the man God is looking for today? To put that hedge up around my family, around my church, around my country, around myself. There's a blessing is attached to that in a good, godly, upright man. I think today, a lot of what we're seeing is a result of the hedge being gone. Because the blessing is gone. Because we have not sought. God first and become an upright people. Something to think about. So how? We get that way. and God's looking for a man and we're looking in the mirror saying, Lord, am I that man? Well, how do we regain this ground? 
How do we regain this ground in our country? Well, first of all, we're not going to turn there because we're running out of time. Romans 10, 19, and 13, we regain some of that ground by, by telling other people about the Lord so they get saved, so that they can have that hedge around themselves and their families and serve the Lord so that that can be a blessing and not only to them and their families, but to our country, in fact, the church they intend also. I think that's a very important thing that we forget about sometimes. We concentrate on ourselves and not others. Very important. But what about the men that are saved? There may be backslidden, that their hearts are far from the Lord, like it said here in Ezekiel chapter 14, I think it was, that their hearts, the idols were in their hearts already. Where do we start with a man like that? To regain this ground. Let's look in Luke 6.45, if you would, into the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke 6 and 45. Luke 6, 45 and 46. And it says, A good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Remember, the heart is where they changed before they worshipped idols. In that one verse, it said the idols were in their hearts first. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? It starts with letting God take charge of our hearts, verse 45. So that we can live for the Lord. And God will put that hedge around a man like that. It starts with the heart. We have to start there. It starts with, in verse 46, our actions. So why are you calling me Lord when you don't even do what I tell you to do? Or let's put the other side of that. Don't do the things I tell you not to do. It starts there, but it starts with the heart. Time spent with the Lord. Time spent on our knees. With the man that's already saved, your heart may belong to the Lord, but you've given your life away. How do you do that? Change part of your life. Spend time with the Lord. Get on your knees. Spend time with Him. Learn about Him. And do what He says. Start walking with Him. And you'll get that blessing of this hedge. You'll get that thing that you are in charge of as a man. Sometimes it says that men aren't important in our families and in our country. They are important. They are important. You are important. Just as the woman's important, the man is important. And so we need to start with our hearts. Like we talked about last week, the reset button. So, let's talk to, let's talk to, let me say, rephrase that. Psalm, let's look at Psalms chapter 37. Back here, Psalms, the biggest book in the Bible pretty easy to find chapter 37 psalm chapter 37 and verse 23 it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord and he delighteth in his ways i put right beside that verse god's men do it god's way once doing this i mean changing your heart letting god change your heart rather 
as you serve Him, as you walk with Him. Once doing this, our steps in our life will be good. They will be serving the Lord. They will be also set forth by the Lord. And we will, you know, that you've known men and women of God, haven't you? That you can say that is a Christian man or woman. And they're doing what God wants them to do. I can see it. It's so obvious. And that's because they let God put their, put their walk according to His way. And they're ordered by the Lord. God will delight in a man or woman like this. He will delight in this kind of a man. And He will be blessed. And as we spoke of, part of that blessing is that responsibility of doing this brings a blessing of a hedge put around you now. Sometimes God lays down for a reason, but they will not be left down unless God says so. Satan can't even get through there because that's a blessing of a man or a woman that serves God. And their walk is the, a walk that's ordered by the Lord. And they are definitely not just saved, but a Christian, meaning they are Christ-like to the best of their ability with God's help. So they change their hearts. It's kind of man, how do they change? They First they start with their hearts. Then they go to their works with God's help. That's what follows the heart. And in doing this, your steps will be ordered by the Lord and your life will be blessed. Well, since it's Father's Day, what does a dad like this look like? And how will his children look at him? What's this look like in a man's life? Let's look at Luke Chapter 15, running out of time here. We might go over a little bit, but you'll pardon me if I do, won't you? Being it's Father's Day, Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going back to Luke again in chapter 15. And of course, this, we're going to look at just a couple verses from the prodigal son. What's a man like this look like? Mark, or Luke, rather, chapter 15, and we're going to start here in verse 11. And it says, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said, to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divideth unto him his living. And not too many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Well, a man like this, a man that's a godly man that's raised a family and has a son, what does a man like that look like? Well, this man was a godly man, I believe. And his son decided he wanted to, what his inheritance was, and he was going to go out and blow it and live a very sinful life. And he blew it all. He became hungry, was alone. What would I say? I know several men that would say, I'm disowning them. I'm disowning. What did this man do? This is a godly man. What's a man like this look like? Is he going to disown his child since it's Father's Day? What kind of a father? is a godly man. And what would he do when his adult son does something like this? We aren't just fathers, you know, for 18 years and they're out on their own. Of course, they are out on their own and make their own decisions. But what does a godly man do? Verse 17, it says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father, fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish in hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and he will say unto him, and will say unto him, excuse me, I have sinned against heaven. He got that right, did that first, and sinned before thee. 
and am no more worthy to be called thy son to make me as one of thy hired servants. So, he remembered his father, and his father could help him, and he he knew where the North Star was, where the the proper way to get back right was. He knew what to do. Right now he had a repentant heart. Of course, hunger tends to do that, doesn't it? Verse 20, it says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and the shoes on his feet. This father, what's this father look like? He looks like a father that has unconditional love. Why? Because his father, God, has for him. You're my heavenly father, has unconditional love for us, and as we should be representing him, this kind of a father, in the mode of how he treats his son and how he thinks of his children, he we, he, we see an example of him, just as, just as our Heavenly Father does, that he has unconditional love for his son. Because he's shown that by his actions, he was not only just forgiving him, but he was anticipating. He must have been praying and watching because there in verse 20 it says he saw him afar off. He was looking for him, probably yearning and praying and asking God and begging God to intervene. And when he was a great way off, what did he do? Not only had compassion on him, he actually ran to him. He was looking for him. He ran to him. He forgave him and was relieved because he had unconditional love for his son. That's what a man like this looks like. You might be angry, but whether your child is young or whether they're a teenager or whether they're an adult, you are to have unconditional love. That's what this kind of man looks like when your heart's right, when you have when you have your heart changed for the Lord and you're serving Him, you're following Him, your work, your ways are ordered by Him and you're doing it His way, you're doing a godly life, which means God's way, you will have unconditional love for your children. And in turn, they will follow you. Now, they might leave like this boy did, but they will remember. We're not going to get into them because we're going to run out of time. But Ephesians 6, 4 and Colossians 3, 21, if you want to look them up, there's a place for a father in the rearing of those these children, but we have to be careful not to overcorrect them because you will provoke them to wrath. You will make an angry man out of a child that's punished too harshly and be discouraged. And when that boy grows up, he will be a discouraged, angry, confused man. So, we are to have a part in our children's upbringing. Like some people say, that almost like a man doesn't have a part in it. Baloney. Man, we have a big part. I believe with a lot of these things going on today, if some of the fathers would have stood up and went down and gathered up their children when they were misbehaving, 
I tell you what would have happened. We could solve a lot of these problems. We need to stand up and be the men of God that we need to be. And in turn, our families and our country will have a hedge put around it as a blessing. And God, remember when in, in, uh, in the Old Testament when he talks about if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and get right. Basically, he said he will heal their land. You know what? He's talking to the follower of God. He's not talking to people that aren't saved, but the ones that are. So, we have a place in our children's upbringing. And so, there's a few, another verse. We're just going to get into a verse here because we're kind of, we've ran out of time, but we're still going to, a couple verses I don't want to end without reading them. Proverbs chapter 4. We might run over a little bit today, but you'll pardon me if I do, won't you? Proverbs chapter 4. Psalms, Proverbs is where that's found. Proverbs chapter 4. First few verses, and it says, Hear ye, my children, instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. That's teaching. Forsake ye not the law, my law, and I was, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved, in the sight of my mother. And he taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart restrain my words, retain my words, I'm sorry, and keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom and get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. He's talking about, as a father, talking to his children about the knowledge that he has and the wisdom. If you are a godly man, a man worth following, and you have, you're, you're following the Lord, and as you follow the Lord, not only will people follow you, but your children will follow you. Even if they turn away, they will come back, and they will have a way. Because they know you have a purpose in life, and that's God's purpose for you. So their future depends upon you living this way, and as you give wisdom to a child from a man who follows God in this way, they will get not only this wisdom, but they will have a hedge put around them and their families. In other words, their future is at stake for you teaching them this right way to receive the blessings of God. Isn't that something? We're not going to turn there, but also in Proverbs 3, 1-12, through 12, you want to look that up later. We're in Proverbs anyways. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Proverbs 22 and verse 6. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, my friend, our children are depending upon us. God's looking for a few men to put that hedge around, to fill the gap, to be a blessing of this hedge around them. But first, we have to do first things first. Have our hearts changed to the Lord. Follow His precepts. And then He will order our ways. And as we follow Him, our children will follow us. And when they follow us, they're following Him. And what will happen? They will get the blessings of God. And it will go to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Can you imagine? The blessings that will be received from a man that's willing 
to serve God to the point where He puts that hedge around you and your family, around your country even, around your church. It's very important, my friend. One more verse. Ran over a little bit. Thought I'd be longer. I'm trying, my friend. Proverbs chapter 13. One more verse, would you? Proverbs chapter 13. We're almost done, my friend. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22. A good man leaveth inheritance to his children, his children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A good man, not a, okay, it's talking about inheritance, and it would be good to leave your children some inheritance, wouldn't it? Even if it's by way of a, a life insurance policy, right? That's a good thing. But I think it's even more important, the spiritual application of this. So a good man leaves an inheritance, not only of money, but of wisdom, so that they may impart it on their family, and that they will be uh, blessed by God himself. They will have wisdom as an inheritance. They will have a proper morality, not like we see today. A proper morality. Have a morality even, right? And number three, a life of knowing God and showing him or her where the answers are, both in his word, in his prayers, and in his life. You will have showed your children this morality and wisdom, not only in what you say, but what you do. Very important, my friends. Are you that man? God is looking back in Ezekiel. He was looking for a man and he couldn't find one. I think we all need to maybe put that sticky note up on our, our mirrors before we shave in the morning and say, God is looking for a good man to follow him that he can bless him. Put a hedge around him and bless his life. I need to look in that mirror and say, am I that man today? I think that's this thing that needs to be spoken of and asked to myself on a daily basis. Don't you think, my friend? I think so. Something to ponder on, right? On this Father's Day. The importance of a man that serves God. Right? And a woman. Okay. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for being able to be with us today in these scriptures that we were able to read. And I pray, Lord, you will help us as we ponder on this thought. And then we ask ourselves every day, are we the man you are looking for? And if not, please change our hearts. Please change our actions so that we will be that man, so that we may be a blessing to people around us, our families, our country, and even to ourselves. I thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. I pray you will help us as we strive to serve you this week and to witness to some poor lost soul. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. A few things to ponder on, all right, my friend? So, here's what we can do. We'll ask ourselves that question every day, and then we'll serve him, right? All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great Father's Day, and I pray that uh, God will help you this week as you are striving to be that man or woman of God, of God to serve him with all your hearts. You have a great Father's Day and I will see you next week.